Hey, it's Scott. I got something for you today. There's a subject that's been brought up to me a couple of times in a couple of situations over the last year or so, and I probably should have addressed this before, but it's recently come up as a part of discussion in my life and something I've been doing a lot of thinking on, and that's the subject of suicide. Now, obviously, it's not a good thing. So when people start asking that question, there's one of two things going on. They're there. They're to that point where they're seriously considering taking their own life. And that's a deep, dark place to be. And I hope if you're watching this video and you're one of those people, you reach out, you get some help. Because you don't have to live life that way. You don't. Then there's also a type of suicide where people jump on a grenade and save a life. That we would call an honorable thing to do. So it's funny how we view suicide. On one side, it's horrible, it's a sin, and on the other side, it's, it's an honorable thing. But what does the Bible say about suicide? That's what a lot of people in the faith want to know. What does the Bible say about suicide? Well, if you grew up like I did, you were probably taught that suicide's a sin, and if you commit suicide, you don't have a chance to ask forgiveness, and therefore you're going to go to hell. The problem with that teaching is twofold. One, there's nothing in Scripture to support that. Nothing. Two, it's a scare tactic, and that's wrong. We should not be scaring people like that. And I get why people think, well, if we tell them that, they won't do it. They'll seek help. No, you're telling them a lie. Okay? Let's just start with that. You're telling them a lie, and that's not a good thing. So what does the Bible say about suicide? Well, there's a couple instances in the Bible where people committed it. You got Saul. Saul, he was a uh, king of Israel, suffered a devastating defeat, and because he was afraid of what was going to happen to him once he was captured, he fell on his sword, and that sword didn't kill him. So he asked another servant to do it for him, and that servant did. But then his armor bearer, who was so distraught over the loss of Saul, over the loss of that battle, took his own life. That's where the scripture ends on that discussion. It doesn't say what happened to them. It doesn't talk about the eternal damnation of their soul. It doesn't say that they were eternally separated from God. It doesn't say anything like that. Another instance in the Bible. There's an instance where Samson, after he got his strength back and was captured, he pushed down the pillars and committed suicide, but also killed all the other people who had captured him. We would make that more like akin to someone who jumps on a grenade in battle or maybe a parent who runs out into the street and shoves their kid out of the way and gets killed. We look at that as a heroic act, a selfless act, an act of self-sacrifice is what we look at that as. Nobody's going to say they're going to go to hell, and the scripture doesn't either. Another instance is Judas. Remember Judas? He's the one who, for 30 pieces of silver told the whereabouts of Jesus that led to his crucifixion. And he was so distraught over what he did. He returned the money and then went and hung himself. Now what the scripture does teach us is that that was an act of atonement on his part. He knew what the punishment should have been for him. It should have been death. If you go back to the Old Testament scriptures when it talks about blood money. And he exacted that upon himself. What the Bible doesn't do in the New Testament is tell us that Judas's soul 
received eternal damnation. No commentary whatsoever. Oh, here's another one. What about Jesus? Did Jesus commit suicide? We don't want to think about that, do we? But we do know that he clearly states in Scripture that he's laying down his own life, that no one's taking it from him. He's laying it down. But again, we would classify that as a sacrifice, not suicide. But isn't it the same thing? He laid down his life. There's some other instances in the Bible. There are places in Scripture where Solomon in Ecclesiastes talks about how he hated life to the point that he would prefer death. He had reached a point in his life where he was so distraught, he was living in such a merciless hell that he thought death would be better for him. But somehow or another, he found a way to continue living. Jonah did the same thing. He talked about how death would have been better for him, that he had reached that agony and that pain and that sorrow. But yet he found a way to keep living. Let's go back to Jesus. There in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was under such stress, under such turmoil, yet he found a way to go forward so that he could lay down his life. So why not bring this up? Do I want to encourage suicide? No, I don't. I don't. I want you to know that there's hope. That if you're there, if you're at that point in your life where you think you cannot go forward, where you cannot endure another day, maybe you're in pain, maybe you're in distress, maybe you're in mental agony, there's hope. And I hope you look for it. I hope you reach out to somebody. I hope... If you want, get in touch with me. We'll talk. But there's no hell afterward. Suicide is not what... It doesn't condemn you to hell. That's a lie. And the scripture is clear that it does not anywhere say that it does. But people will say, but Scott, Scott, Scott. It does say thou shalt not kill, and if you commit suicide, you're killing yourself. It does say, thou shalt not kill. And you're right, if you commit suicide, you are killing yourself. It doesn't say that murder sends you to hell. Are you going to say David went to hell? Are you going to say Solomon went to hell? Are you going to say a vast number of people in the Old Testament scriptures went to hell because they committed murder? No. Oh, but Scott, 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 Scott. The difference is there is they had a chance to redeem themselves they had a chance to seek forgiveness for somebody who commits suicide they don't well that goes counterintuitive to the teaching that our sins are forgiven past present and future so you're going to tell me that God forgave my sins but because I didn't get a chance to ask for it then I'm going to go to hell no that's not what the Bible teaches either. Look at the prodigal son. Jesus is teaching this. In the prodigal son story, this guy abandons his father, goes off and just lives this horrible life. He's so distraught and upset, he finally gets to the point where he says, if I can just go back to my dad's home and just be a servant, I'd be better off. So he starts the journey back to his dad's home, and he's got this entire apology this entire thing to seek the forgiveness of his father he's ready to just 
cord out there to his dad. And his dad sees him and comes running. And before he could ever say a word, he receives him in. He offers, he gives him the forgiveness. Well, he didn't give it to him. He's always had it. He's always had the forgiveness. And not once in that story does he ask for it. He merely receives it. He just merely receives it. And that's what we have to do. Are there things that we do that are bad? Are there places that we get in our head that are horrible? Yes. But there's redemption. All you got to do is receive it. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to plead for it. It's always been there. And it's always there for you. So, if you got any questions, let me know. Hit me up. We'll chat. All right. See you later.